Welcome to episode 131 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Hey, John, you're just back from TED Med. That must have been pretty exciting. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed the, the spot. It was in the uh, La Quinta Resort, which is legendary for being a uh, haven for writers of, of founds. And uh, it's, you know, beautiful, beautiful location out in the desert by Palm Springs in California. And the sort of the knowledge imparted by the speakers was top notch. They had uh, folks who were influential in all kinds of uh, uh, sort of cutting edge synthetic biology and genomics techniques and and some really interesting innovators who are doing everything from, uh, you know, sort of generating the food of tomorrow, you know, vegetable based proteins that actually taste like meat. Very interesting Mm -hmm. uh, to doing things like. Uh, you know, potentially creating uh, biologic uh, drugs that uh, that you can uh, generate within your home. So perhaps uh, you know, home based insulin generation might be a thing in the in the future, as Very opposed cool. to going out to the um, to your uh, pharmacy to get it. So uh, yeah, overall, really really wonderful uh, conference. You know, look forward to potentially going back next year and uh, enjoyed the folks that met there this time around and look forward to doing it again. I'm glad you had such a nice time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was good. And now I'm kind of ready to be, you know, back in Boston and (laughs) focus on, you know, the next things on my plate. Perfect. So this week we're going to discuss two organizations at, 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 at war, uh, and I'm referring to, of course, anonymous versus ISIS, the you know the the terrorist Islamic State, and you know it's it's interesting. This is interesting from from a number of of angles, a number of lenses. I mean, the, I'd say that you know the 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 first element that that interests me quite a bit is the digital nature of the, of this battleground, right? So Mm -hmm. it may not be the first digital war of the uh, 21st century, but it's certainly a a high profile one Mm -hmm. to say the least. Um, And and the battleground is, you know, laptops and servers, cyberspace, et cetera. And uh, to be honest, when I first read about, you know, cyber warfare in science fiction books by William Gibson and the like, it seemed, you know, a bit, far-fetched but you know after seeing you know this take place you know combined with some of the emerging technologies that we discuss regularly on the show it it really seems to be uh coming home which uh uh is is fascinating to to watch that happen and maybe a little disturbing Mm -hmm. um so so i've i have a number of items that i want to get to on this list for our discussion but uh, what what are your impressions of of this cyber war and and you know how how are you taking it? Well, I mean, my impression of the cyber war is that ISIS made a mistake by doing something to piss off Anonymous. You know, Anonymous is. Um, I, I will uh, I will go so far as to say Anonymous I think is the most interesting organization out there today. So it's. It itself is really a terror organization, um, but it's one that uh, picks its targets with, 
you know, with sort of a, a very fickle um, and and uh, potentially volatile personality. So, um, you know, you're never quite sure who's going to be in the crosshairs of Anonymous, but um, you know that they're going to get, um, you know, virtually nuked, so to speak. Um, I, think it's, I think it's very interesting how uh, Anonymous is really operating outside the bounds of law, that mm-hmm. they, they can take justice into their own hands in a way that goes beyond any... Um, you know, any uh, criminal court, whether it be international or national or or whatever. Um, and governments haven't been able to shut down anonymous. Governments haven't been able to subvert it. And, you know, in the in the in the world of of, you know, cyberspace, anonymous is perhaps the most powerful player or, you know, I mean, probably the Chinese government's more powerful, probably the U.S. government. But um, anonymous is on that level because they can't be. Um, they can't be contained by the other the other superpowers, and they're doing it as a network. They're doing it as people who are you know banded together by you know dare I say anarchy. Um, so I, I don't know. I think Anonymous is absolutely fascinating, and I don't think I've been happier. I can't remember any recent time that I was happier than when Anonymous declared war on ISIS. I was just delighted. I was mm-hmm. you know if, if people were around, I'd have been slapping high fives and been been really pumped up. Um, because, you know, Anonymous is going to hurt them in ways that um, the, the governments really haven't and, and aren't. Yeah, I've seen, I mean, some of the, the news coverage that I've seen has, has been uh, somewhat counter to, um, uh, to the narrative you just described insofar as there's, there's one factor that, that um, uh, is making sort of the Anonymous war on ISIS um, Perhaps uh, you know less idealized as this powerful you know hacking organization in that there are a lot of um, you know splinter groups that may not be as skilled as whoever you know the main core group is and and the uh, sort of the strike to take down uh, you know the the Twitter accounts and other websites that that ISIS is using for propaganda. Um, also makes it more difficult for intelligence agencies and uh, sort of uh, white hat folks who are, who are monitoring um, ISIS to gather that intelligence because now there's lots of folks who are who are actively sort of uh, uh, trying to take these accounts down. So so um, the, the coverage I've seen at least over the past you know, 48 hours has been more along the lines of, hey, is this good or is this bad? Um, considering that the, uh, you know, the potential to do harm to the ISIS infrastructure is there, but also the potential to um, um, drive them underground into, you know, the dark net where they're harder to find. Um, is well, don't kid well. yourself. I mean, Anonymous is on the dark net. Sure. Far more probably than, than governments. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I was if I was wanting to pick, you know, what entity would would be the most expert in the darknet, I would start with Anonymous itself. Sure. So I think that that brings me to the the second sort of aspect of this conflict that that I wanted to explore with you today, and and that is the idea of um, you know these sort of powerful organizations, both anonymous and ISIS, are quite powerful organizations that are molded really in this uh, 21st century network um, um, that was you know 
up till now sort of unheard of, right? So, so you have organizations that are nimble, that are distributed. Um, they can operate asynchronously, you know, and, and they're not centralized. So, so they're perhaps cell-based or, you know, they operate in, in small groups. And this is, this is uh, indicative of a general type of power shift that is away from centralized um, uh, powers of the 20th century, which were, you know, your governments, your churches, your, you know, your unions, whatever, yeah. um, and towards these groups that have, you know, a manifesto, like a general operating uh, ideal, and then they operate sort of independently and they use technology to the greatest advantage. Yeah. Um, so, so what I see playing out here with this, uh, with this cyber war between ISIS and, and Anonymous is that, um, you know, two of these groups that, that have, you know, some similar structural elements of ISIS has, you know, other, you know, a lot of other pieces to it as well. Um, namely the, you know, physical armament, armaments and, and, uh, you know, territory. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but it's interesting to watch in, in that there are, um, at least from, from, uh, um, you know, when, when you glance at it, the structurally, they, they have some similarities too. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, there's a lot of truth in what you said, but I want to actually poke at one thing you said that I think you just, you just said as a happenstance, but, mm -hmm. um, is you call it cyber war. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is cyber war. I think it's cyber terror. Anonymous used the word war in what they're doing to ISIS, but ISIS isn't countering anonymous. ISIS isn't, you know, it's not, you know, my hackers against your hackers. It's anonymous um, scorched earth coming after ISIS and ISIS just trying to, to cover their genitals and, you know, and keep, keep using their digital footprint to whatever effect that they can. And, you know, the, the, the cyber, the cyber world allows that, right. Where one organization can attack another and um, de defending yourself is very different from the old physical world you were talking about of holding on to your land and, and fighting, you know, fighting back. Um, I'm sure ISIS is fighting back to whatever degree they can, but they're not in, interested. They're not in the business of controlling cyberspace. They're in the business of trying to take land in the Middle East and to terrorize physical uh, aspects globally. Um, so they're just suffering. You know, they're just, um, they're just taking the terror that is brought to them by anonymous um yeah i mean to be to be more specific the um their propaganda operations recruiting and like general messaging is all of course online which means that i mean those are critical aspects of you know the isis um infrastructure and you know i guess one of the fears is that and you know a certain amount of uh cyber attacks on on isis will force them to get better at all of those things that, I mean, they, they do the media part of propaganda quite well already. Yeah. So, so sort of the, the quote artistic um, elements of it are, you know, well-staged, well-crafted. Um, you know, it seems like they have, they have media training and, and, you know, harkens back to, you know, World War II Germany for that kind of fascist hmm. propaganda that's so powerful and attractive to, you know, sick minds. Um, so, so when you're talking about, 
Um, those those are key areas where they want to distribute, yeah. you know, and then and then anonymous uh, is is pushing at them in those areas. It's going to force them to get you know potentially get better at at defending themselves or or um, you know changing and adapting. So, maybe maybe, but I mean they're taking damage at the same time. I mean that that's true of any attack. That when you attack someone or something, they learn from that attack. They learn mm-hmm. how to defend themselves better or they themselves learn how to attack back. I mean, that doesn't mean you shouldn't attack, right? I mm-hmm. mean, um, in the process, you know, as they're, as they are being terrorized themselves, they're losing the opportunity to get new recruits for a period of time. They're having their operations undermined for a period of time. And yeah, maybe they'll get smarter and maybe they'll get harder to ferret out, but uh, you know, it's not like anonymous or the U S government or, I mean, now Russia, China, everybody's turning on ISIS at this point. Um, it's not like there's a lot of dummies in those organizations either. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the other thing to think about is ISIS is generally preying on disaffected people, right? They're not um, recruiting the, the the best minds and, and the most successful people. You know, a lot of people they're recruiting are people who are bored or shiftless or, um, you know, looking for to belong to something um, beyond what they have in their life. And gee, ISIS seems like a good opportunity for them. They're not getting those people on the dark net. I mean, they're getting those people on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and those opportunities are being, you know, chopped more and more. So it is nuanced, right? I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of taking a counterpoint to what you're saying um, just for the sake of, uh, you know, sort of putting forward the positives in, in the perspective that I'm advocating. But uh, certainly you're correct. I mean, there's some give and take in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not totally black and white. But I would rather have anonymous terrorizing ISIS than not. Uh, yeah, that's better for us at the end of the day than, than it isn't, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is is completely fascinating and something I, I can't say that that uh, that we've seen before, or at least if, if it's if it's happened, uh, uh, you know, I I am not um, knowledgeable of, of anything like this. And and this is, you know, going to be part of the history books. I mean, this this is a significant um, you think so? A significant clash. Yeah, I think I think as the you know whether it's uh, you know a pure sort of cyber warfare uh, uh, b- battleground or not, it's it certainly touches on that uh, in ways that are open and public. Um, you know, much different from you know the the U.S. you know attacking you know uh, uh, you know servers of some some enemy combatants in, in a way that will never. That will never surface. I mean, this this is you know on the evening news kind of kind of uh, stuff, um, and and it, I I think you know whether the outcome is you know understanding this kind of war in a new way. I mean the the implications are are somewhat frightening, right? Because you're talking about war that that comes on a system level, and that uh, you know. Uh, when it's attacking is sort of these media outlets and things like that, like like Twitter or or, or Facebook, that the social media, that's that's removed by one degree. But you and I both know there are, there are plenty of other systems to attack too. Um, so the the way this plays out, I think, is going to be uh, important, and and I think sort of is the you know the first shot in 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 what's going to be a larger you know cyber battleground for our future. That sounds ominous. It is. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it and uh, 
be forced to live with it, I'm afraid. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life. And go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. If you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com, G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer, that's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R, or email me, Dirk, at goinvo.com. So that's it for episode 131 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>